You're listening to Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. Well, g'day, it's Justin here and welcome to another instalment of Bluey's Brisbane, the podcast that's all about exploring the real-life world of our favourite healer family. And today, a bit of a bonus bit on the uh, the podcast. Uh, we're very excited here in Brisbane that the Bluey stage show, Bluey's Big Play, is coming back to QPAC for a return season next week. And thanks to our friends over at uh, QPAC, we were able to speak with Jacob Williams, who's actually the puppetry director of Bluey's Big Play, the stage show. Now, Jacob is actually one of Australia's premier puppeteers and puppetry directors. He's the co-artistic director of Lemony S. Puppet Theatre. Um, he's worked on Broadway, on the Tony Award-winning uh, production King Kong, Alive on Broadway, and his puppetry career has taken him all over the world, in fact. So it was great to be able to catch up with Jacob and finding out just how you turn a cartoon into a three-dimensional stage show. I started out by asking Jacob where his love of puppets and puppetry came from. I was exposed in childhood um, to the Muppets, probably like most people my generation, and I, I and I certainly loved the puppets. I, I loved the Muppets, but I, I didn't really sort of from there decide I wanted to be a puppeteer. But I always w- worked in theatre. I, I, I was a sort of a child actor, and as, as sort of my life went on, I ended up in uh, Hobart, sort of in my mid twenties, and there's a just working in the local theatre scene. And there's a little puppet company down there called Terrapin, and they needed um, puppeteers. So they chose a few actors, which I was one of, and ran a workshop. And from that workshop, I was chosen to join the company. And I just instantly um, thoroughly enjoyed the the practice and the art form of puppetry. It was everything that acting was, yet um, you were given so much more variety with characters um, that you could play. and I was sort of going through a period of, as an actor where I wasn't enjoying the limelight. And what the wonderful thing about puppetry is the limelight is not on you, it's on the puppet. So uh, you can still get that rush and adrenaline and joy of performing, but not with sort of bearing yourself on stage, which I, I really kind of love. It's, it's almost like being a ninja. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's almost like uh, acting for the sort of maybe the if you're a bit of an introvert and you can't you know bring yourself to you know jumping up on the stage maybe puppetry is the way to go. Well, that's right. It's sort of like uh, there's the introverted extrovert. So I, I think uh, many puppeteers are that person, and then we'll we'll leave the acting to all the uh, wonderful extroverts. <laughs> you you mentioned you mentioned the Muppets, and I'm of probably the same generation as you. You know, grew up with the Muppets and. You know, loved the Muppet Show, uh, loved the Muppet movies. Um, do you think Jim Henson was a bit of that sort of introverted extrovert? Uh, look, I, I, I could I could only hazard a guess, yes, but um, I don't really know. I, I've actually uh, I lived in New York a couple of years ago working on Broadway, and I was very fortunate to meet his daughter Cheryl and become friends. And I know what they they have built through the Henson Foundation is just you know, a wonderful legacy of puppetry throughout the world. And, um, you know, it was wonderful to sort of go into the Henson workshop and, and see the puppet makers there making the, the Muppets. And as you walk into the Henson workshop, there's the original Snuffleupagus. Wow. Just on display as you walk through the through the door, and it just instantly um, draws you back to being a five, six-year-old watching the Sesame Street on the weekend. And um, so that's pretty something special. And... Um, yeah, I, I think 
uh, I, I certainly suspect he had a fairly gentle nature to him to create such wonderful characters. Mm. Did you ever think that, you know, being a puppeteer would get you to somewhere like Broadway? Well, I Absolutely not in my wildest dreams. Had had um, so I've been doing this for almost twenty five years, and if you'd sort of asked me after that first puppet show, I'd be sort of accepting a Tony Award in rooms with people like Brian Cranston and Tina Fey, etc. And mm. yeah, I would have just pinched myself. And yeah, not just Broadway, but it, you know, it's taken me throughout Europe through some wonderful, beautiful festivals, and you meet so many inspiring artists and, and just visit so many beautiful cities and towns and and even with this gig, Bluey, you're just going through regional Australia and uh, wherever you take beloved shows, they, they become a very, you sort of see a, a bit of the heart of the of the place that you, you go to as well. Mm. So it is, it's a really wonderful way to see the world and, you know, I'm very fortunate and grateful that, you know, I've been lucky enough to have a career which, which has given me that opportunity. Hi, this is Dave, a.k.a. Bandit Healer, and you're listening to Bluey's Brisbane. When you first got the call about the Bluey stage show, how quickly did you say yes? And what sort of things started going through your mind around how to do the show? Well, the first thing was I better find out what Bluey was. because <laughs> I, I literally just came back from America, so I, I had no idea who Bluey was. And... Then I did a little bit of research and was like, oh my goodness, this is like the Beatles for kids. Yeah. So there was um, quite a lot of pre-production planning and scripting and meeting with Ludo, who creates Bluey, the, the TV show, and talking with Joe Brum, who created Bluey and wrote the script for, for our show. So I know myself and Rose, uh, Rosemary Myers, the CEO of Windmill Theatre, the director of Bluey, we took a lot of care and a lot of responsibility to make sure that this beloved show translated on stage, you know, with, with care and integrity and because there was a lot of pressure to deliver something this beloved. And particularly in the year that we had last year, I think it was, you know, it kept a lot of families company and sane during various lockdowns throughout the country. Absolutely. And, and certainly, I know you saw it in Brisbane, it, it really felt like, it, for many people, it was the first show out of lockdown that they came into the live theatre. It was certainly the first show that a lot of artists in the company that were in performed on stage again. And it, it was this balm and a perfect tonic to what everyone as a community had been through. And mm. um, I think sometimes theatre does that best. Yeah, it was almost like, I, I remember going to opening night, it was almost a bit of a, a celebration, like we got through the year um and i know that the bluey stage show was actually the first theater production that had played to a full house like anywhere in the world for about like nine months or something you know um i know quite incredible and you know i was in the audience and i i think there were tears in my eyes and i know joe brum the creator of bluey sort of asked him after the show how, how do you feel and he was just so chuffed that people thought to bring his 2D animation into the 3D world of puppets. But I think I think it was a really humbling experience for everyone. Hmm. Well, just on that, you know, turning turning the cartoon into a three-dimensional stage show, you know, what sort of considerations do you need to take when you're adapting that sort of cartoon into a, into a stage show? I, I know I've heard um, Joe Brum say when he actually wrote the stage show, 
that he sort of had to really think about the characters because he said, you know, the, the puppets won't be able to move like the cartoon characters can and won't be able to move around the stage as quickly as we can make them move in the show. So was that one of the things you had to sort of take into consideration? Absolutely. I think whenever I work with puppets, like um, there's – like if you if you work well, – often with animals, you can do a lot of research and look how an animal moves and, okay, how does the tiger walk, how does the dog walk? Um, and that's all well and good, but actually uh, I always come at it from, well, what do the puppets do well? And, and what movements do they do well and what don't they do well? So you mm. always kind of really focus on what they do well, and that's where you create choreography for the puppets. And often it's about just trying one thing, and sometimes you find accidental, accidentally something that works really well, and you go, ah, let's do that. So, so often it's just a lot of experiment, you know, waving the puppets around, seeing where just the gravity takes them, mm. and then also seeing, you know, what, how do they walk well? Sometimes just sliding the puppets on looks really great in some shows, other other times you want to really make it realistic and they can do that realistically. So it's uh, a lot of challenges come at you that from that sense. But I, I always look at, the first thing I look at is what do the puppets do well? Mm. Well, the style of puppetry in the Bluey stage show, um, I guess is one where you're not trying to hide the puppeteers. And I found it kind of fascinating as an audience member that... Uh, your imagination starts to take over, and as you get sort of engrossed with the story, you sort of focus on the the characters and the puppets, and the the puppeteers kind of just, even though you can see them, you're aware of them, they kind of just melt into the the background. So, you know, why was this sort of approach taken um, rather than, I guess, the, there's probably multiple other ways you could do the puppets? Why did you choose that style? Well, it's a style that I pretty much always work with. I never work with my company, Lemony S Puppets, we never hide the puppets mm-hmm. or, or the puppeteers. Yeah. Um, and the analogy I make is kids will instantly um, never see the puppeteer because they're not interested in the puppeteer. They're interested in the character. Mm. And because we leave the theatre and we see kids in cafes with their plushy toys reenacting our show. So they've, they've got their bluey toys and they're playing with it, which is exactly what the puppeteers are doing on stage. So all they see are grown adults playing with characters and so they, the kids will just naturally be drawn to the play and drawn to the characters and I think that's what happens with an adult when they first arrive in a theatre they will see everything but slowly they will be drawn into the puppets and they'll be drawn into the story which is something they connected with as children which I think theatre does sort of tap into and the, the other lovely thing is that adults can sort of draw away from that and they can see how the mechanics of the puppeteer is working, which is, you know, pretty interesting to watch as well. But um, there is also puppetry. It does force the audience to use their imagination because, particularly with these puppets, so the bluey puppets' eyes move back and forth, just left to right. They have eyebrows and a mouth mechanism. And that's the only features, as opposed to the human face, where we can crinkle our eyes, we can do all sorts of expressions, thousands of expressions on our face, whereas these puppets don't have that uh, capability. But what we do as an audience member have is our imagination. So as we're getting involved with the story, as we're sort of seeing the characters animate on stage, we start layering more and more emotion and information 
to the characters ourselves. So we become, just through that act of in, in sort of engaging with our own imagination, we become more involved and more entangled with the sort of the art of storytelling. Mm. And one of the things I found if I started to focus on the um, the puppeteers or I guess the actors really, is how much they got into character. Um, is that important to, you know, um, bringing the show to life, that, you know, the puppeteers really getting into the characters? I think it was a very deliberate choice from myself and Rose to have the puppeteers uh, ride the emotional journey of the character that they're performing. And traditionally in puppetry, puppeteers will often have a neutral face, so you don't call focus from the puppets. Mm. But our puppets are so we're so large and they're bigger than life and they're colourful and, and just their sort of the show itself is so large that they attract attention. And we also wanted just to show the idea that our puppeteers are up there playing and enjoying the game as much as anyone else. Which is what Bluey the show is about. It's about engaging with kids, with our, with your children and imaginative play and having that relationship to play really, really profoundly. So, mm. you know, we were really, we didn't want to sort of see a neutral dower puppeteer behind the puppet. We, we want to show, show joy. And, and it's a really fun show to perform. So often they're not acting, they're actually really enjoying themselves yeah, up there. Yeah. Speaking of enjoying themselves up there, I think, the stage show has got to be one of the most kind of raucous, um, the loudest, you know, theatre productions I've ever been to. It's quite, you know, you normally go to the theatre and you sit quietly and you, you watch the the actors up on the stage. But this was, you know, a lot of hollering, a lot of shouting, screaming. You know, the kids were just loving it. Um, you know, do, yeah. you and, do you and the actors and the, the, the puppeteers really sort of thrive on that instant feedback that you get from the audience like that? Oh, absolutely. And some... Um some audiences are louder than others, and um, but you know it, it changes from it almost changes from sort of time slot to time slot. So the the early show at ten o'clock won't be as loud as the two o'clock show. But right. there's there's certain characters inside the show which elicit more response than others, without a doubt. And but it's you know I think a lot of us who work with puppets do a lot of children's theatre, and I think children's theatre is always a little bit more vocal than. Adult here, that's for sure. Have you had any direct feedback from kids about how much they enjoyed the puppets and the show? Well, we get a lot of fan art. So often kids will come to the show and they've drawn a picture of Bluey or Bingo or they, they write letters to, to us at the show, um, which is really beautiful. Um, so we always try to send cards back uh, if we have a return address. Um, but just, just through personal friends that we know, they've brought their kids they've, and they've come back a second and third time. So it's always nice to hear that feedback. Well, look, um, we're super excited about having Bluey, the stage show, uh, back for a return season at QPAC in May. Um, Jacob, thanks so much for your time and sort of giving us a bit of an insight into the behind-the-scenes world of the show, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, my, my pleasure, and uh, we look forward to coming back to QPAC as well. It's been one of our favourite venues to date. You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane.